This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, the first interview of the second season of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Uh, the interview, I'm trying this new thing where I introduce the interviewee before I actually play you the interview. And so the interview today is actually with my little sister, who is a primary school teacher. And we actually recorded this back in May, I think. Um, so before the previous season of the podcast had finished and it was supposed to be part of season one but obviously you know life happened to me and that didn't happen. So when I listened back to this episode I'm really really pleased um, that we recorded it because she says lots of stuff that I'm like wow that's real wise that's cool. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. She talks about the community aspect of teaching and um, her experiences teaching in England and what it's like being married to a teacher so there's some really interesting conversations points there. And she also mentioned something that I think is really important about work-life balance. And I'm going to extrapolate on the, the idea of that in a, in a future episode because I think it's, um, that's what this whole podcast is about, is about how do we as teachers find some kind of uh, quote-unquote balance and what does that look like in this profession because it does not look like what it looks like for other people. So anyway, that's a cool part of the conversation. And Naomi also just has some really cool advice for early career teachers and teachers at any stage of their journey. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we get into the interview, I wanted to remind everybody, especially if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, uh, about the Patreon page. So if you would like to support this podcast, um, there are a couple of ways that you can do that. One, you can share it around social media, which would be awesome. And I highly, highly appreciate that. You can also go and leave a rating and a review at iTunes or which is now called Apple Podcasts. Um, that also helps the podcast get um, spread further uh, and, you know, helps more people find it and hopefully have benefit from it. Um, but the final way is to support it with a small donations. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash self-care for teachers, you can donate as little as $2 a month. Um, and it's just a way to support the podcast and sponsor the podcast basically so that I can keep bringing you interesting and informative and ultimately, hopefully, really valuable and helpful resources. Okay, here's the interview with my sister, Naomi. Hello, Naomi. Hello. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. No worries. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching context and your teaching history? Yep, sure. So I am a primary school teacher. I teach prep at the moment. And this is, um, I think it's my seventh year out of university, but only mm -hmm. this is my sixth class. Um, I taught for a couple of years um, 
in North Queensland and then went overseas and taught in England for a year and then came back to the same school in North Queensland. So I've taught mostly early years, prep and year one, but I have also taught year five once. And um, you're at a state school? Yes. Cool. Uh, Tell us about, uh, if you have any, can you tell us about any challenges that you faced, particularly in the realm of your mental and physical health as a teacher? Um, Yep. So in... I mean, I haven't really faced many. I've had a pretty nice, easy life, which is good. But my first year teaching, certainly, I found, you know, was everyone finds it challenging. But I also, um, it was my first year living out of home and I moved to a new town where I knew nobody and I had a fairly, um, it wasn't a particularly difficult class, but it wasn't an easy class. Mm. Um, And I also was on you know, started only on contract before I got a permanent job. So the first six months of the year was also a bit of anxiety about what was going to happen after that. So the first year was, yeah, obviously um, pretty challenging. And um, But I, I suppose the thing that helped get through is, you know, making some connections in the town I was in and um, and just finding things to enjoy and look forward to. Um, I made. I was lucky that there was a couple of other young teachers at my school this year, so I made some really good connections with them, and that um, that really helped. And having some supportive staff as well. Um, then last year, I suppose I did have a very difficult. I had a very high needs class. Mm. I had probably um, more than half of my class were um, either had diagnosis or were had other kind of additional needs so that was it was a very very full-on year Um, and I suppose some people possibly would have um, crumbled under under the weight of that class last Mm. year but I actually you know I found it I had a really lovely year it was very very tough but um, I suppose it's just about I find I'm a fairly positive person so looking on the bright side and when things do get you know really tough or things you know ridiculous things happen as they do in any prep class because you're working with five-year-olds and then (laughs) even more so when you're working with five-year-olds with different needs um you know you can either I used to think you can either laugh or you can cry and so you know there would be days and I think oh well I'll just laugh about this because (laughs) it is ridiculous and it's not you know and in the moment where sometimes it might feel like oh my gosh this lesson is going terribly or um whatever it's good to kind of take a step back and think oh well it's only half an hour out of our entire year you know with Mm. these kids it's not the end of the world if we just put it away and um do something else for a while (laughs) yeah do something else or do nothing or do it all again half Mm. an hour later you know whatever so, um, and then just also asking for help when you need it um, is the other big thing. Mm, mm. So, and I know um, that when you were in England, um, there were certainly some challenges over there. Uh, can you talk about a little bit about your experience of, I suppose, of, of well, because I know that you, having come back from England now, also have a bit of a different approach to the challenges at you know in the Australian and the Queensland education system can you talk a little bit about your your experiences there and the the differences in in the systems and your experiences of it 
Yeah, uh, sure. So um, I, a lot of, I mean, a lot of young teachers go and work in England. Uh, lots of them tend to do supply or short contracts. I chose to teach, um, so for a full school year with the same class, mm. um, which was really fantastic. I'm so glad I did because you get a totally different, you know, on a personal level, I kind of got a little insight into a little area of London, uh, but also I got a better idea of what how the English education system works. And even now, I'm not an expert. It's they do they have do some things that I just think are totally insane regarding funding. Um, but I was working at a school that had failed its part its last inspection. So there was a lot of turnover of staff and a lot of pressure of, and lots of pressure. That's right, lots and lots of pressure. New um, so turnover of teaching staff and of uh, you know, deputies and head teacher and things like that. So they were under pressure. We were under pressure and there was a lot of stress getting thrown around. Um, we worked very long hours. It's possibly the long, you know, the longest hours I've ever worked mm. in terms of at school, you know, like 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. every day, which uh, and then plus time on weekends sometimes. So it was full on but it was had some benefits in that I had a really because there was high turnover of staff there was a lot of other young teachers mm. um some Australian and New Zealanders some that were English and so we had you know we made some really big friendships which is a you know a major thing I think in terms of surviving a workplace if you've got you can have you know really difficult children or difficult um working environment or parents or you know, bosses even, but if you've got some colleagues that make turning up to work every day more enjoyable, that I think is kind of the biggest factor for how to survive. Mm. Mm. Certainly something that other people have mentioned on the podcast too is um, I suppose that community aspect of, of teaching. Where, yeah. That's- yeah, you, you make friends and you support each other. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And I think in um, at this school in London, I think was also a place where I kind of, oh, well, it was a good place to work out because we were very busy and there was so much to be done because obviously this school had gone from being fail, you know, failing. So there was, you know, every aspect of the school needed improving. Mm. Um, so it was also a really good time to work out you know, just on a daily, weekly basis, what's the priority, what needs to be done, what doesn't, um, and and also working together as a team. That was the other thing there. We had a – there was six um, reception classes, which is what they call prep, and so it was, you know, splitting up jobs, getting together mm-hmm. every week and doing our planning together rather than all individually and things like that, which we now do, you know, which I do at my school in Australia now, which makes a huge difference because not everyone needs to go home and find, you know, if you're all teaching the same thing, you don't all need to go and find an activity to do about it. One person can do that while somebody else finds the mass activity for the week or mm. whatever. So that's a big, big one. As yeah, well. not reinventing the wheel every time. Exactly. Hmm. And then I know that you also taught grade five for a while, which was a bit of a, a just a bit of a change for you, wasn't you? Sort of where you'd had experience up till then. That's right. How yeah, was that was, year for you? 
it was a that was a very big change, and um, I was quite stressed about that change because I had um, originally actually when I like was at university and first finished university, I was quite interested in teaching those kind of middle primary years, but then started working in prep in year one and really found that that's what I really love and enjoy and so I did really enjoy my year in year five I had an excellent year and I think now I would go into teaching a an older year group much more confidently and having a better idea of what to do but it is very very difficult Mm -hmm. I think um teaching is it's almost a it seems not unusual in teaching to go from one year group to another or one, um, you know, even I think in high school you might be teaching, you might have your main subject that you teach, but one one semester you've got to cover a, a science class because there aren't any enough science yeah. teachers at your school or something. Um, and I don't think there are many careers where you do have it's seen, you know, such a big change mm. because it is a huge change. The difference between teaching five-year-olds how to read as opposed to teaching um, improper fractions to, to 10-year-olds is a, is a huge difference. Mm. Um, and so I really, really enjoyed it and I found that I think I definitely down the track would like to do an, an year group like that again, but it was hard work and... <laughs> Certainly I worked very hard that year as well because it, it felt a bit like my first year of teaching where you're learning things all over again. Yeah, well, it was a big learning curve because it's so out of out of your previous experience. So, yeah, it is sort of like being a first year again in many ways. That's right. Yeah. And it was your first year back in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And my husband um, wasn't working that year either. He was studying. So there was also, you know, there were a few other things that just made it you know not a usual not a normal year Mm. yeah absolutely so um just on the topic of your lovely husband um he started his career as a an engineer but has now become a teacher a high school teacher yes how has that changed having having a you know another teacher at home who gets it uh Hmm, good question. It's been, I mean, it's been wonderful in lots of ways. Uh, some obvious ways is that we have holiday, you know, we are holidays on holidays together. at the same time every year and things like that. Um, it's certainly been good because it's given us, you know, some more common ground, even though, again, he teaches high school mm. um, and I teach five-year-olds, so big differences, but also some similarities and a bit of understanding about um knowing that if the other person has report cuts coming up or parent-teacher interviews to that, well, you know, I might have to take on more of the load that week or vice versa because we've got to, you know, allow that that the other person has some more demands on them at work this mm-hmm. week. And I think I don't know if one of us was in a different profession if we would have quite that same understanding mm-hmm. of when times are stressful or if you've got something big happening at work. Yeah, it, I think it's it's a I mean my husband's not a teacher, um but he was the son of it is the son of a teacher and so um he had a bit of an understanding of it and I think if you haven't ever really been around teachers it's hard to appreciate 
So it's not uncommon that teachers end up marrying other teachers because they really mm. understand it. But then your situation is a little different is that you got married and then you decided to become a teacher. But um, it just means that you both get it, even though you're working in completely different schools and different ends of the ends of the curriculum. That's <laughs> different, right. Different age ranges. You just understand the demands more. And I remember you telling me that once you were filling out some application for some PD and he read over it and said, oh, you need to use the, the buzzwords. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Buzzword. Yeah. So you just the correct acronyms. <laughs> exactly. Need more acronyms. Uh, Needs more cowbell. Um so what does well being mean to you, Naomi? Uh I have been thinking about this. I think um I feel like I have a pretty good work life balance most of the time, but I also uh, and about to say that I don't necessarily believe in the idea of balance in the way that I think a lot of people interpret the idea of work-life balance because we kind of think that it should be at scales that are perfectly equal, equal all the time. And I think that in teaching that's just never going to happen. Mm. And um, I can't comment on other jobs because I haven't had one, but I think that, you know, that's certainly true for lots of professions. Um and so I really like the idea of tilting, which mm-hmm. to my understanding is that you, you know, you just embrace the fact that sometimes, some weeks, some um, days or even months sometimes, you've got to really throw all your energy into one part of your life mm. so that then in, you know, the following week you can pull back out of it. And I think teaching really lends itself to that very well because we have 10 weeks when we're not at school every year. So even though any teacher will tell you we're not necessarily 100% on holidays in those times, we certainly, they are the times that we can pull back and tilt the other way. Tilt the other way, that's right. Put some more time into our personal hobbies or family or um, interests. And then equally during term time, um, we can lean into school Mm. and, and put more things into that. And I think once, for me anyway, I feel like I accept that quite well and because I know that I've got this time coming up and it's set and no one can ever tell me that the holidays aren't coming because I know that they are, (laughs) uh, I find it much easier to get through, you know, not that I think I certainly don't live my life, you know, crossing days off the calendar and counting down to holidays, but it's knowing that, oh, well, I'll put in, some extra hours today so that even even on weekends, you know, I, I tend to work. Um, I, I rarely do work on the weekends these days unless it's uh, report card time or something like that or this weekend mm. because I was away on a PD last weekend. So this weekend I've been doing a little bit to catch up. But mostly I tend to spend longer hours uh, during the weeks at school so that then I can lean into the weekends and spend more time doing what I need to do, which is uh, sleep and <laughs> relax. Yeah, and it's so interesting because, like, obviously um, everybody's different there and, and it was always it was always the opposite for me. I, I, can't, I couldn't handle the really long days mm. um, and that's partly my health stuff, but... I was quite happy and it's interesting you used the word accept, you know, you just accept that that tilting is what's needed because I was always quite happy to to spend 
you know, at least a half a day, if not a full day on the weekends, catching up on schoolwork. Mm. As long as, you know, if that meant that I could stop at 5.30 on, a, on every weekday and not, you know, and not do any more work in the evenings because I was just brain dead and just could not handle the long days. So I think whatever works for you, but I really like that idea, yeah. um, you know, of just accepting and planning for those really busy times. Um, oh, that's exactly. I like that you said planning because that's, yeah, exactly, on weeks that, I know, for example, in report cut time, mm. well, I'm very careful about what we buy at the grocery store that week and what we plan to eat for dinner because I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be coming home and cooking a, you know, gourmet from scratch on yeah. the night that I've got 10 report cards to write. So <laughs> yeah. we might have something much easier. Yeah, totally. And um, certainly that was something that I, you know, I found in my first year was one of the most difficult things is you haven't re- even though you kind of know, oh, yeah, report card's are coming up, you've not done it before. That's so you right. you can't really plan. You don't really have that understanding of exactly how long things are going to take you and um, that's one of the challenges I think in first year is that you're still figuring some of that out and figuring out what the calendar is like at your school because that's going to be different at every school too and um once you've been around a few years, yeah, it's easier to plan for those things as well. Definitely. That's right. And I, so I also um, am an introvert and so I find that I really need those times of solitude because mm. working in teaching, we're surrounded by people all the time and so on weekends and on holidays I do need, doesn't mean I'm a hermit all the time, but I do make sure that I eke myself out a little bit of time just to hang around the house or mm. do something that's fairly quiet and to recharge my batteries so that on Monday I can go back to school and chat with 20 kids and 20 parents, parents and all the staff members <laughs> mm. uh, because otherwise I would just, that would just, I would burn out if I didn't have time to recharge and be by myself and I'd probably become a rather... Um, a horrible person to be around. <laughs> yeah, I hundred percent, hundred percent. That's right, mind you. Other people, oh, that's right. You know, like you said, I think it's about knowing yourself because I have other friends who they find their their way of leaning into the weekend is to to party all night and spend as much time as they can with their friends because they've spent all their week at work without any of their friends around. So mm. I understand that as well. Yeah, yeah, different ways to recharge. Mm. Um, so how do you, what, you know, what practices do you do to maintain your own well-being? Uh, I plan some things quite carefully. So I plan our meals that we eat each week. I don't necessarily always do all that much food prep but if I know that I've got written on the the fridge that on Wednesday night when we get home we're having spaghetti then I don't have that decision fatigue Mm -hmm. when it comes to dinner time thinking what am I going to make with all these ingredients so things like that just simplifying everyday choices same with I try to do the same with clothes often making sure I've got clothes for work Uh, I always make sure I have lunch to take for work, whether it's leftovers or, um, you know, fruit or sandwich or something like that because I find that I 
if I haven't had enough sleep of an evening and I haven't had three proper meals a day, I don't function very well. Some people, I know some teachers who seem to manage really well, they'll work all through their lunch break and at 3 p.m. they'll sit down and have something to eat, but I need to eat when the kids eat, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I have hobbies, I suppose, that I enjoy doing, so I like to um, sew and hang out with friends and yoga and things like that, so it's just fitting in some of those um activities into my maybe not every week but every couple of weeks Mm. so that I keep feeling like I'm not just a zombie that goes to work every day yeah yeah cool um so I know we've sort of mentioned a couple of things but what advice would you give to early career teachers not necessarily first years but just teachers in their early career to set themselves up for for success and for a thriving work-life balance, whatever that means to them? Yeah, uh, well, I definitely would start by saying you know yourself, so know, figure out what you need um, to function at work, what makes you happy, you know, things like that. Also find the kind and helpful people at your school that will answer all the questions you have because Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest thing is when you're early whether you're starting at a new school you might have been teaching for 20 years or if you're an an early career teacher uh, you don't always know what you don't know so find Mm -hmm. the and not everyone everyone not everyone is as kind and helpful and friendly and has time for the questions that that you might have every day at school so find the people who do have time for you to come and knock on their door every day and say oh you know I don't know where to find these resources do we have them or what do I do about this assessment piece Uh, so find those people who will answer all those questions for you because I think that's a huge thing is knowing you've Mm. got that you don't feel like you're alone at work yeah that's Um, a good one find find teachers also I think who you can whose style you you like if you and it's hard it's much harder if you're at a small school um definitely because it, there might only be you and two other teachers but if you can find teachers that you think you really like the way that they do things mm-hmm. um and see if you can whether you know you may not be able to get time to go into their classroom and watch them but just you know, observing them whenever you can and picking up things from them, even if they're, they may not be the teacher on the same year level as you. They might be three year levels above, but mm. you might just have noticed them and thought, gee, I really like the way that person does things. And so um, finding some role models, I guess, can, mm. is, a, is a big thing. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anything else? Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think just... Getting, making sure that you do take time for yourself, whether that be a regular thing. I, I mean, it does need to be a regular thing, obviously, mm. uh, but then ensuring that you maybe have some things to look forward to as well, whether that's on weekends or holidays, so that it does help to get you through because it can be hard to, in certainly early on when you feel like occasionally you're drowning in work but knowing that you've got something you're looking forward to coming up has always been a good motivator for me yeah that's good I like that um and you know the other one that I would add that you haven't mentioned in this bit but 
you did a bit at the start and I, and I know it's a huge part of your ability to cope I suppose is um is just having a sense of humor kind yeah. of not taking yourself too seriously not taking everything that happens in the day <laughs> too seriously and just as you said laugh about it otherwise you might cry <laughs> but laugh about yeah, it. Yeah that's exactly right you just you've got to have a positive approach to things because, if, well, you don't have to, but things are just so much better when you do. Mm. You know, I know if if you're having fun and enjoying things, even if, you know, and that's not to say that you ignore things when there is a problem, but um, find if you can most of the time be looking on the bright side, then I think you're going to have a much better time of things. That's brilliant. What a nice way to leave it. Look on the bright side. So you have a better time of things. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks, Naomi. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. No worries. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. quiet room i don't know have you heard any road road noise no okay well that's i'm not so worried about a little bit of road noise or you know bird in the background or anything yeah it's not standing next to the blender and kevin's making smoothies or something oh yeah well i am doing that no (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually whippersnippering at the moment